Welcome back, everyone, to another segment of Rabbi Jeff's Pirkei Abashir, where we attempt to understand the meaning behind the instructions of our sages and how it's relevant to our lives today. We do this, of course, using the thoughts of our teachers before us and try to make them applicable to our times. Feel free, please, to contact me with any comments or questions at rjfromlj at aol.com. Perak Aleph, first chapter, Mishnah Tesavav, Mishnah 15. We finished the Hillel Mishnayos in dealing with being like the students of Aaron and Nigidshma Avachma, making yourself aggrandizing yourself um, is something that is destructive. And then um, the Mishnah of Imenani Li Mili, if I'm not for me, then who will be for me? Because Shani lots me when I'm, I, I'm for only myself, then Mwani, what am I? That was all Hillel. Now, the counter to that, the other side, is Shammai. The mission says, Shammai, Shammai says, I say Torah, you should make your Torah, Keva, make your Torah fixed. Emor ma'at you should say a little, and you should speak a lot. Receive the entire person, Well, let's take a look at the Mishnah carefully, because it's not so simple. First of all, who was Shammai? So we know we spoke about, we gave an entire shear about the difference between Basil and Shammai based on Rav Zevin's understanding. And the truth is, is that in that we mentioned that there is a, a Zaya that says that in Olam in this world, the law is like Beis Hillel, and in um, the world to come, the law is like Beis Shammai, which is a very hard thing to understand, because what do you mean that the law is like Beis Hillel here, and in the world to come, it's going to be like Beis Shammai? There is no law in the world to come. There is no, it's not an Olam Asiyah, it's not a world of doing. So why don't we pass him like Bisham? It's like throwing him a bone and saying to him, yeah, yeah, don't worry, Tatla. Later, we're going to pass him like you. But there's no later. It's not, you're not going to get to that place. So what does it mean that in this world, we pass him like, in this world, the, the, the shape of halacha follows like Basilal, and in the world to come, it's going to follow like Bisham. We also talk about the difference between the two of them is Chesed and Gevura, that Basil was, was much kinder, and, uh, and Bisham was, was tougher. We tell over the stories of the converts that the, a converts meet at a Pesach program. Um, the, the Gemara says they, they met together at a hotel. Again, the common, common context. They met at a, a Pesach program. They were all talking about their experiences of conversion. And they said, had it not been for the softness, the kindness, the humility of Hillel, then we would have been destroyed. We never would have been able to come under Tachas Kanfea because we would have been prevented by the toughness of Shammai. Well, if that's the case, that Shammai is the law in the world to come. Shammai is, the, is toughness. Shammai is din. Shammai is gvura. Then what exactly does it mean when he says, having mekabalos call them and save upon him office? Greet everybody nicely. Greet everybody with a good, with a smile. Greet everybody with a good countenance. That doesn't sound like a Shammaian thing to say. It sounds more like a Hillelian thing to say. So who was this Shammai? That's problem number one. Problem number two, Shammai says, I say Torah, you should make your Torah into a fixed thing. So we said in the beginning of Pirkei that one of the rules that we have is that things don't get repeated in Pirkei It's not that, you know, it was a good thing to say, so 10 different rabbis said it in their own different flavor. There was a nuance in the way each one of them said it, it meant a completely different thing. Well, this was already said, having memayit 
is in a later chapter, but nevertheless, the concept is there, that a person should work less and learn more and learn more Torah. So what's Shammai saying? Make Torah fixed, make it the center of your life, make it the the measure of your days. Why is Shammai repeating that? That was clear. That was already taught us. It's something that we know. So what does Shammai mean here when he says, I say, and what's the ethical instruction? Because it's like such a from law, you know, learn Torah, spend your time learning Torah. Okay, shkayach, but what's the ethical instruction? What am I supposed to be learning in my value system as a mensch, as a human being? What am I supposed to be learning from this? I say, Okay, my third problem. Emor ma'at, say a little, v'aseh arbe and do a lot. We understand what the implication of that is. The implication of that is, is don't talk so much and just do. Okay, shkayach, but why is it emor ma'at v'aseh arbe? Why not emor habe v'aseh arbe? Or emor nothing, and I say arbe. Why does it dafk have to be emor ma'at? Say, you should say, but say a little. Really? Vaseh arbe and then do a lot? It doesn't, you don't seem to have to say anything. What's the instruction that's coming to us? What is Shammai teaching us when he says emor ma'at, say a little? My fourth problem is having Mechabalos kol ha'odam b'sevipanam yafos. So that means you have to greet every person with sevipanam yafos. Now I need a missioner to come and tell me you have to greet every person, which means what was your havamina? Your havamina was, your presumption was that I don't have to greet every person. Comes on the mission and says, no, you make a mistake. You have to greet every person. Like you thought, you know, you, 70% of people you can greet nicely and the other 30% you can trash. No heavy Mechabalos kol ha'odam b'sevipanam yafos. Really? I would have thought that I didn't have to be nice to everybody and that I needed a Mishnah to instruct me. Oh, by the way, you know what? That nice thing, you have to do it to everybody. What does it mean? What's, what, is, what is being instructed to us when it says, that you have to receive the entire person? My fifth problem. Be nice to everybody. Doesn't that sound an awful lot like Hilo? Oev shalom, v'rodev shalom, love, peace, pursue peace. What's Shammai adding to me? What new thing, what nuance is Shammai adding in this, in, 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 in this concept? And then finally, my sixth problem is, what exactly is the connective tissue here? What does Asei Torah Keva have to do with Emma Ma'at Vaseyar Bey? And what does it have to do with having Mechabos called Adam Seyar Yafos? What's the connection between the three of them? So let's explore these two pathways of Hillel and Shammai and take a look at their root. And the truth is we could go back even further than I'm going to go back to find the roots of the differences between Hillel and Shammai. But I think that a major place where we see the difference between Hillel and Shammai is the difference between Moshe and Aaron. You know, when Aaron dies, says, the entire Jewish people, every last person, every last mishpach, every last family cried for him because he was in Oev Shalom, he loved peace, pursued peace. Everybody had a run in with him. Everybody had, was touched by him, was touched by his kindness and his sweetness. Everybody was touched by his love. Everybody was touched by his redifa shalom. But Moshe Benu doesn't say it that way. But Moshe Benu, they knew they lost the manik, they knew they lost the conduit. They freaked out by the Egel Azov, by the golden calf. They freaked out after Mamir Sinai when they thought that they had lost Moshe. So they were definitely kosher, they were definitely attached to Moshe, but they were attached to Moshe in a very different kind of way. And why is that? Because they had different relationships. Moshe Benu was a Navi, and he was a very special Navi. 
When God told the Jewish people, when he told Moshe, instructed him to go and tell the Jews, go back to their tents, he said, You stay here with me. Don't go back to your wife. Don't go back to your family. I don't want you to have relations with your wife. I don't want you to be tummy because I want to be able to speak to you. I want to speak to be able to speak to you. And were you ready to be spoken to at any moment? Moshe Rabbeinu had a different relationship than any other Navi. Now the truth is, not everybody knew that. His family didn't know that. And when they saw Tzipora, his brother and sister saw Tzipora and asked Tzipora, his wife knew what's going on. She said, you know, my husband has been on a long time. So why not? Well, you know, because God, God speaks to him. He's a prophet and he has to be ready. They're thinking to themselves, what are you talking about? We're also prophets. We don't need to be ready like that. So they ended up speaking Lashon Hara about Moshe, not knowing that Moshe Rabbeinu was a very different prophet. Because Moshe Rabbeinu was a different kind of human being. And that's why he was a different kind of prophet. Because there are two drachim, there are two pathways how to exist in this world in the context of being a physical being, in a, a spiritual being in a physical world. We're made up of guf and neshama, we're made up of body and soul, we're made up of a physical part, we're made up of a spiritual part. And we have to figure out how to reconcile those two, how to live inside of a physical world but as spiritual beings. There's one way to do that. And that's a way to deny this world. That's the pathway of looking at this world and saying that the goof becomes negated. The body is negated. The only reason why I have a body is to be able to, to act for the neshama and that it's really ultimately about the soul. And that the goof becomes only a vehicle for the neshama to the extent that the goof itself feels nothing. The goof itself has, it almost has no tithes because the goof is all about the neshama. There are those that call this level yechidah, where you become one. The goof and the neshama becomes one. Rabbi Akiva, when he was being killed and his skin was being combed off by metal combs. Rabbi Akiva has a conversation, a calm conversation, a focused, cogent conversation with his tummy. His students say to him, Rabbi, why are you so calm? So he says, my whole life I was worried that I'm not going to be able to perform the mitzvah. Of, of serving God with your entire life, even when they want to take your life away from you. I was worried I was never going to be able to have that opportunity. Now that opportunity has presented it to me and I'm not going to be calm, I'm not going to be focused, I'm not going to, to, to be besimcha over the fact that I am able to be in this mitzvah. How do you get to that place? How do you get to the place of where your skin is being pulled off? You know, you ever have dead skin at the bottom of your foot and you pull off a little bit of skin? It's fine. But then you pull a little bit too far and you pull off a piece of live skin and your eyes roll up into the back of your head and you, your, tear, your eyes tear up, well up with tears and the pain is excruciating. Can you imagine this was Rabbi Akiva's entire body? And yet Rabbi Akiva was able to have a calm conversation. He was able to have a totally focused conversation and he was totally calm. Because at that moment, Rabbi Akiva had become, had been mevatal his guf to his neshama. He had nullified his body. His body had become, in, in essence, just a part, just a piece of his neshama. At that moment, all Rabbi Akiva was, is that Rabbi Akiva was neshama. Rabbi Akiva was soul. Rabbi Akiva had reached this place of yichidah, of oneness, that most people don't reach in a lifetime. That's how Moshe Rabbeinu was able to stay up for 40 days and 40 nights and to claim, Lechem lo achalti, umayim lo shasisi, I didn't eat bread and I didn't drink water. 
because he had lost his body. His body had become completely dedicated to God. He was mivatel. He nullified his guf. He nullified his body. That's why when Moshe Rabbeinu went up to get the Torah, the angels turned to God and said, what do we need this human being amongst us? And God said to them, you know, he had a whole conversation, but the truth is they were right. What is a human being doing up in heaven? How can a human being exist in heaven amongst the angels? Because Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't a human being. Moshe Rabbeinu had achieved a level that his gashmias, that his body, that his physical existence wasn't physical existence. It was all about his spirituality. It was all about his ruchnis. It was all about his neshama. He had become one, united with his neshama. He had lost his guf. He had lost his body. He wasn't the stam yulud isha. He wasn't a regular person. You saw it in his face, that his face shone. We say that he was an onov, mikol adam. He was the most humble of all people. His anivus came from the fact that he was mevatel, that he nullified his existence, that he didn't see himself as anything. He took up no space in this world because he had no sense of his physical existence because he was completely existing on a spiritual plane. But for most that live inside of a body, that's a very difficult place to be in. To live like a Moshe Rabbeinu, to be on the level of a Moshe Rabbeinu, to be able to be on a level where our bodies don't matter and it's all just about the ruchnius, the spirituality of our existence, that's a very difficult way to live in a world of chocolate cake and a world of, of sun and, and sunrises and beautiful mountains. It's very difficult to live in a world like that. The way that we're meant to live in that world as human beings is that we're made to take the physical world and we're meant to be mekadish the world, to elevate the world. We take that chocolate cake, we make a bracha on it, and it suddenly becomes not just the fulfillment of a dog, it becomes not just the eating and the satisfaction of an animal, but it becomes an elevated process. It becomes something that itself is mekudish, that itself is holy. That's the way we're meant to exist here. We, on Shabbos, you would imagine that the way to celebrate Shabbos is to daven the entire Shabbos, is to think and to learn Torah the entire Shabbos. And yet there's an obligation to have pseudos on the festivals. Some more than others, but an obligation to have, to have, to have meals. Because our job is to take the physical world and to use it in the employ of God. When God created the world, he took a spiritual world and he created it into a physical world. He then commanded us through the building of the Mishkan to take the spiritual world and to, to, to take the physical world and to turn it back into the spiritual world. The building of the Mishkan was the completion of the cycle of creation. Creation was spiritual to physical. Our job in this world is to take the physical world and to elevate it to the spiritual. The seven days of Miluim, the seven days of where they built the Mishkan, Moshe Rabbeinu served as the divine, as the, as the high priest. And yet the Shekhinah didn't come and rest on the Jewish people. And it was only afterwards 
when Aaron began to do the Avaidah, that the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, came to rest. Why was it that Moshe couldn't bring the Shekhinah and Aaron was able to bring the Divine Presence? Because Moshe Rabbeinu, who was Muvdal, Moshe Rabbeinu, who was separated from this world, Moshe Rabbeinu, who was living on a spiritual plane, on his own spiritual plane, couldn't do something that would be mechaber, that would attach the people to God. He couldn't do something that would take the physical and the spiritual and meld them together, to take the physical existence and to take the divine presence, the Shekhinah, and put them together. Aaron, though, who was all about chiburim, all about attachments, all about taking things, disparate things, and bringing them together, about living in this world, in a physical world, but elevating this world. He was able to do what he needed to do in the physical world, and then to attach that to the spiritual, to be able to attach it to the Shekhinah, to the divine presence. That was the difference between Moshe and Aaron. That was the difference between the prophecy of Moshe and the prophecy of Aaron. That Moshe's prophecy was moved all, it was separated. Moshe was in another world, in the world of God. Aaron was very much in this world. But he had taken the physical part of this world and attached it. And his entire life was about attachments. Oh, if Shalom, Rodif Shalom. He loved peace, he pursued peace. It was all about attaching people that were out of, out of whack with each other. And this was the difference between Hillel and Shammai. You know, we said, brought out a Gemara when we talked about the differences between Hill and Shammai. The Gemara says that Shammai would go and he would find something on the street and he would say, oh, that's a beautiful thing for Shabbos. The next day he would find something and he would say, no, that's a beautiful thing for Shabbos. And he would dedicate that for Shabbos. And then the next day he would find something else for Shabbos. And every single day he was preparing for Shabbos. Says the Gemara that, that Hillel had a very different attitude. Hillel's attitude was... Baruch Hashem Yoim Yoim. He took every day as it was. Blessed is God today. Every single day is amazing. And then when it came time for Shabbos, he prepared for Shabbos. What's the Nikudo? What's the point of difference between Hill and Shammai? That Hill every single day was preparing for Shabbos. Shammai was preparing for Shabbos every day. Hillel, Shabbos was Shabbos. The rest of the week he was Baruch Hashem Yom Yom. He was greeting each day the way it meant to be greeted. Because Shammai was living in a world of spirituality, in a world of Shabbos, in a Yom Shekulo Shabbos, in, a, in, in an existence that was all about Shabbos. He was moved, he was separated from this world. And therefore, every day he was looking at it, oh, this is for Shabbos, this is for Shabbos, this is for Shabbos, because that was a reflection of his entire existence. Hillel, on the other hand, lived in both worlds. Baruch Hashem Yom Yom, he was able to see something beautiful and to see now I can take it and elevate it. I can thank God for having given this to me. I can thank God for having provided this for me. I can take it and I can elevate it now. It doesn't have to wait till Shabbos. It's not just about Shabbos. It's even this moment because Hillel lived in a chibur. Hillel lived very much inside of this world where he was attaching this world, the spiritual side, the physical side, putting the two of them together. Shammai's bittel was a feeling of insignificance because the whole material world is insignificant. Hillel's bittel was just like Aaron. He was mevatel himself. He nullified himself, Hillel. He was a humble person. 
but his humility wasn't because he felt that he was a zero because his physical existence was a zero. His humility was, I'll make myself small so that I can make other people great so that I can bring them together and I can join them to each other and join them to God. That's why Hillel is an Olam Azeh. We paskin like Hillel in this world because this is the world where we need to join things together. We can't live like Moshe Rabbeinu in this world. We can't exist, muvdo, we can't exist, separated from the physical world. But in Olam Haba, we are separated from the physical world. And that's what it means that we're going to paskin like Shammai. This is not the Olam Asiyah. It's not the world of doing in the world to come. But the world is going to follow like Shammai. These two drachim are apparent. Also in Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, next week, soon we get to Lag Ba'imer, where we talk about Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai spends 12 years in a cave, comes out, and he sees people involved in the physical world. He looks at them and he burns them up. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai walked out of the cave like Moshe Rabbeinu. He walked out of those 12 years thinking that it was all about ruchnius, it was all about spirituality. He could not understand how you can live in a physical world, how you can enjoy a good steak in a world where you're supposed to be a ruchnius dicker person. He couldn't understand that it'd be mechaber, how to attach the two worlds. And that's why he went back for another year. You imagine, what did what God send him back for another year for? More of the same? He sent him back because he needed him to change his perspective in that year and to understand that it's about chiburim, it's about attachments. Now take a look at the Mishnayas of Hillel and the Mishnayas of Shammai. Hillel says, If I live alone, if I have to worry about me, I got to build myself up. But if I'm only worried about me, if I don't attach myself to others, if I don't attach myself to my world, Mo'ani, what am I? Shammai says, worry about yourself, buddy. Asei Torascha Keva. Disconnect yourself from all the shtick of the world. Make your Torah your mainstay. Stick it in the center of your life. Wake up with Torah. Go to sleep with Torah. Live, eat, and breathe Torah. What's that going to do? Eventually, it could help others. It'll, it'll, it'll go out, but that's not the focus. I say Torah keva. The Torah has to be your focus. It's got to be in the center of your existence. Then Hillel said, Nagid Shmei, Ovet Shmei. If you worry about the way other people look at you, you worry about your gaiva, you worry about your haughtiness, be careful with that. Don't be a Balgaiva. Don't be a person who's haughty. Don't look at others and lord it over them. Worry about your attachments to other people. Shammai says, worry about yourself, about who you are. Worry about the kind of person you become. Emor ma'at. Think of yourself as being ma'at, as being small. But fill the world with greatness. But see yourself as being small. Don't worry about the chiburim. Don't worry about the attachments. Worry about you. Worry about who you are. Not in a way that is a negative way. Not in a way that, that ignores people. But in a way that puts you first. Because if you're not perfect, if you don't reach perfection, 
then the world around you is not going to reach perfection. Hillel lives in a world where perfection is attachments, where perfection is when you attach the things around you. And then Hillel said, Oev Shalom, Virodev Shalom, love peace and pursue peace. It's all about chiburim, it's all about attachments. And Shammai says, it's all about the way you look, the way you come across to people. It's about what's going on inside of you, Savor Panam Yafos. You have to present this face to the world. Both of them were the same. Both of them cared about becoming a perfect person about elevating, about working on yourself. Both of them cared about that. But the focus was different. The focus of Hillel was the chibur, the attachment. The focus of Shammai was self-development. Focusing on attachments, that's the way we have to live in this world. Focusing on self-development, that's for the next world. Hillel and Shammai complemented each other. They said exactly the same teachings. Hillel said it from a place of focusing outward. Shammai said it from a place of focusing inward. Is Hillel right? No. Is Shammai right? No. Is there room for both? Absolutely. How do I know that? Because every time Hillel said his halachos, he first mentioned Shammai's halachos. Because Hillel understood that you got to start inside, but you can't stay inside. You got to take it and bring it out. That's today's message. That's who Shammai was. Shammai was very much into personal development very much into self-development. When you develop yourself, it eventually will have an effect outside. But the focus, the focus has to be on self. Beautiful. Okay. It was wonderful to see everyone. And uh, there will be no shir tomorrow. We'll pick up again on Sunday. All of the previous shurim have been um, have been recorded. I had not recorded the first two shurim, which was the introduction and the first Mishnah. I re-recorded them yesterday. I'm actually going to have to re-record today's because um, I didn't record the first half of today's. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna have to re-record it, but these will all be available. Um, my son Aaron on Sunday will tell everyone how, uh, how they're all available if you want to make up the, uh, the past shurim. Okay. Any questions? Uh, class is over, but I'm I'm hanging for a couple of minutes. So, more than welcome to to ask questions, make comments. Robert, just uh, sort of a question and comment, please. Sure. Uh, well, yesterday you mentioned uh, something from a Tehillah about Jerusalem. If you get back to me with which one, you, which source Tehillah came from, please. Okay. I don't remember the quote, but it was very—it was, it was something specifically about Jerusalem and bringing Jews together, or something like that. Right. Yeah. So, where, so which tefillah does it come from? Uh, so secondly, when you were you were 
meant, let's say, giving examples of different viewpoints uh, in terms of Yom Ha'atzma'ut and Israel, whatever, uh, you used two examples. One was sort of like Vayoel Moshe was sort of one, one part of an opposite configuration. And you mentioned a book that was the, 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 uh, the opposite. Which was that? Who was that? Rav Zevin. Rav Zevin. Shlomo Yosef Zevin. Um, I, can't, I don't remember exactly when he died, but he wrote, um, he wrote a lot of important works in, in, in halacha, in contemporary halacha. Um, and one of the things that he wrote was he wrote a rejoinder to, um, to, to the Satmar Rebbe. Right. Okay. Thank you. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to get this quote for you now. Let's see if I can do it quickly. Thank you, Rabbi. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. It's wonderful to see you. Likewise, Shabbat Shalom. Thank you. Shabbat Shalom. Okay, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Okay, Thank ladies. You. I'm almost there. Okay. Okay, let's see if this works. No, okay, I'm gonna have to do it slower. Okay, it didn't work, but I'm, I will believe that, or I will get that, get back to you. Uh, okay, thank you very much, Rabbi Jeff. And we need some one-on-one time to talk about some fundamental issues I'm still having, despite all your time and explanations. Okay, um, so okay. whenever it's convenient, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Let's set up, let's set up an appointment. Okay, you know, let's sometime go. next week. It'll be fine. Great. We'll and we'll we'll zoom away. Okay, doc. Cool. Thank you very much, uh, Robert okay. Jeff. And Shabbat Shalom. Thanks for everything. Bye. Okay. Take care. Bye bye.